Good morning, city-based family and friends. It's such a privilege to be able to be with you again this morning and to be able to bring God's Word to you. I trust that it will stir your heart to desire the gift that God has in store for you. I want to read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10 to 16. And it has this to say, And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens, so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be maturing the Lord measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try and trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So my responsibility is to train you to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ, so that you will have a good knowledge of God's word and be maturing the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And so this is why I've been going through the series on leading ourselves. And over the last two weeks, we've been focusing specifically on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I've been doing this so that you can understand what they are about and why we have been given them. And today I want to continue and we're going to be looking at the revelation gifts, words of knowledge, words of wisdom and discerning of spirits. And we'll be looking at many different passages of Scripture to help us understand what is being explained. So if we can start off this morning with words of knowledge, what is it? It's an impression, a thought, or a mental picture giving knowledge or facts about a person or situation that no one could possibly have known naturally. A little piece of information which you cannot work out. It has nothing to do with accumulated or acquired knowledge that comes through studying, but through revealed knowledge. It's a secret that God shares with you about someone, whether it pertains to the past or the present. So what is the purpose of this gift? It helps you see what God wants to do in a person's life. And it is very helpful, especially in the area of counseling. It can cut through months of counseling as the Holy Spirit reveals to you where the root problem lies, without having to go from one thing to another, trying in your own ability to help the person. So let's look at some biblical examples. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 25 to 27, Elisha received knowledge about Gehazi's secret sins. So let's read that, 2 Kings 5. Starting off in verse 25. He went in and stood be, uh, before his master. And Elisha said to him, Where have you been, Gehazi? And he said, Your servant went nowhere. But he said to him, 
Did not my heart go when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Was it a time to accept money and garments, olive orchards and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male servants and female servants? Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. So he went out from his presence a leper like snow. In Samuel chapter 12, we see the story of how God revealed to Nathan the prophet the sin that David had committed with Bathsheba and how he'd had her husband killed. Then in John chapter 4 verse 18, a Samaritan woman is told by Jesus that she's had five husbands and that the man she was now with was not her husband. In Acts chapter 9 verse 10 to 16, we see Ananias praying for Saul. Here we see an example of a number of gifts working together. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, <clears throat> faith and healing. So let's have a look at this. Acts chapter 9, we're going to read from verse 10. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise up and go to a street called Straight. And at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him, so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how, e how much evil he has done to your servants at Jerusalem. And yeah, he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And then in Luke chapter 19 verse 5, we see Jesus calling Zacchaeus by name. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And then another um, story is in Acts 5 verse 1 to 4, and it's the story of Ananias and Sapphira lying to Peter. And here we see four miracles working, discernment of spirits, words of knowledge, working of miracles, and faith. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not um, at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived the deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. And another story is found in Acts eighteen, verse uh, sorry, Acts eight, verse eighteen to twenty-four. Simon the sorcerer, um, an example of a word of knowledge and a discerning of spirits working together. Now when uh, Simon saw the Spirit, 
was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent therefore of your wickedness, and pray to the Lord, that if possible the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are in the gall of bitterness, and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord, that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. And then the last one that we'll look at here is in John 1 verse 48. And it's Nathaniel under the fig tree. Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And these are just some examples of words of knowledge. People can receive names, dates, events about people. And the goal is to help people see that God, God truly loves them. So how does a word of knowledge come to you? It can come through a picture, an impression or a feeling. Words that you see written above the person. Uh, and yeah, it's obviously not big visible words that you can see with a naked eye, but you can see them through your spiritual eyes. A pain in the body that is not yours. And when you receive a word of knowledge, ask God for more, for more details sorry, about the word. Example, when God shows you a person who he wants to heal, ask him if it is a male or a female. Um, are they in the left or on the right side of the room? What part of the person's body is sick? Just so that you can be more clear and that you can work on your, your gift. And then we come to words of wisdom. What is it? It's an impression, a thought, a mental picture, or a still small voice showing what to do in a situation, and it pertains to the future. And this has nothing to do with being a wise person, nor having administrative ability. It is a supernatural revelation given on the spur of the moment by the Holy Spirit. It can be a revelation about the future, seeing what God sees and applying God's wisdom to a specific situation, an unraveling of the mysteries of God that centers in Jesus. It reveals to us how to do something God has shown us to do, how to resolve situations, how to pray for a person, how to avoid danger, how to speak the right words into situations. So let's have a look here at some biblical examples of this. In 2 Samuel 5 verse 22 to 25, David received a word of wisdom on how to fight a battle. So let's read that story. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, You shall not go up. Go around to the rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And, and when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself 
for the Lord has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as the Lord commanded him. And we'll stop there. In Acts 27, verse 9 to 10, Paul receives a word of wisdom that the boat that they were going to be sailing on would be shipwrecked. Acts 27, verse 9. Since much time had passed, and the voyage was now dangerous, because even the, even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will, um, will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. And uh, the next few verses explain to us what was going on on the ship. And then we drop down to verse uh, 21. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail for Crete and incurred this injury and loss. But we must run aground on some island. Then in Acts 15, verse 13 to 20, James receives a word of wisdom on how to resolve the church conflict around the issue of circumcision that threatened to divide the church. And after they finished speaking, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has related how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And with this the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written, After this I will return, and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will restore it. That the remnant of mankind may seek the Lord, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who make these things known from of old. Therefore, my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but we should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. Then uh, in Acts 5, verse 1 to 11, Peter receives a word of wisdom on how to deal with dishonesty. And this again is the same story of Ananias and Sapphira and how they lie to Peter and God reveals this to him. And then in John uh, chapter 8, verse 4 to 7, Jesus receives a word of wisdom on how to deal with the accusers of a woman caught in adultery. They said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? And this they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And then the last one we're going to look at this morning is the discerning of spirits. What is it? It is knowledge given by God to reveal what spirit is operating at a time. A supernatural, it's a supernatural gift of revelation 
Discerning of spirits helps us discern the following spirits. The Holy Spirit, demonic activity, and the motives of people. And discernment is to see through a situation to the root cause. In Acts 16, verse 16 to 18, this is the story of the slave girl um, with the spirit of divination. She said all the right things, but Paul discerned the spirit behind her actions. Paul felt turmoil and grief, and after many days, he was led by the Holy Spirit to cast out this demon. It is not natural, like being able to read a person's body language. It is a revelation from God. It is not judging something or someone. So let's also have a look at a few biblical um, examples of this. In John 1 verse 43 to 49, Jesus discerned a pure heart in Nathanael. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethesda, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And then in Luke chapter 13, it's the story of the woman who had a bent over back, and Jesus discerned that it was a spirit, and he cast it out. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had had a, um, a disabled spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hand on her, and immediately she was made straight, and she glorified God. Then in, chapter, uh, in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 to 18, Paul discerned the spirit of divination in the slave girl. As we were going to the place of prayer, where we met, uh, sorry, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And then we even see Jesus discerning the demonic source of Peter's words. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not, set, uh, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. 
And so we can see there are many scriptures in the word of God that explain to us on these words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. But coming back to discerning of spirits, how do I develop discernment in my heart? Like any of the other gifts, pray earnestly for the gift. And then identify impressions wherever you go. When you pick up something, inquire of God what it is. In other words, you may be going to a shopping mall or something like that, and you walk past someone and you can just sense in your spirit there is something funny about that person. And when you sense that, ask God, what, what should I do? And then when God shows you, go and do what he shows you to do. But I want to put out a warning when it comes to this gift. Don't go looking for demons under every bush or wherever you go. That's not what this is about. But it's simply asking Jesus for you to see the things that he sees. And then when you see them, act accordingly. Act in a way that will bring honor and glory to him. In all of these gifts, we use our senses. And we have our natural senses. And we have spiritual senses. And discernment requires spiritual senses. Natural senses are the ones like smell, touch, taste, see. But spiritual senses, you get an uneasy feeling inside of you around, around someone who God wants to show you something about. Or when you walk into a home or into a building, there's just that uneasiness. You know there's something that's not right here. And then ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what he is up to and what you must do. Ask the Father to help you to take what you've learned from these lessons today and put it into practice. Use the gifts he has given you so that through them people's lives will be changed and he will be glorified. I also want to say this, that the more sensitive and the more in tune you are to the Holy Spirit, the more he will reveal to you. As you go about your daily living, listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit and then act accordingly to what he is revealing to you. And by doing this, you will grow in your gifting and you will get to be able to use your gifting more and more. And... Um, I've been preaching and teaching this to you, and, and this week I just sat down and I realized, but hey, Dion, you haven't been asking the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you. And so I've started making a point in the morning when I have my quiet time to ask the Holy Spirit to teach me, to reveal things to me, so that I can develop my gifts better. And as we do this, when we... When we start using the gifting more and more, then God will use us more and more in this area to change people's lives, to show them the love of God, to bring them clarity over situations. So use your gift. And as you use it, God will bless you more and more as you are a blessing to other people. So I hope this, with what I've shared this morning, 
is helpful to be able to clarify and make things a bit more simple around these gifts. So can we pray together? Father, I thank you for these gifts that you have given us. And once more, Lord, we understand that these gifts are not there just to look all pretty on a shelf, but they are there to be used. And they are there to be used to bring glory and honor to you, to show people that you love them. And so, Father, I pray that we will be found faithful in using the gifts that you have given us. Father, I pray for these gifts that we've spoken about today, that there will be a desire in our heart to operate in these gifts. That, Father, when we meet people, we'll be able to give them a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, and we'll be able to discern what is going on in the spirit realm when we walk into specific situations. So, Father, I pray that we will grow in these gifts and that we will function in them fully to their full capacity. I thank you for this time that we've been able to spend together this morning. And I pray that you will bless your people. I ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I really trust that through the series that we've been doing, that you are trusting God to step out in faith and operate in these gifts. Otherwise, there's no point in me teaching about them. But trust God, asking for opportunities, and then step out. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Amen.